everybody, and welcome to a shock episode of the Winging F1 podcast, because there has been news in Formula 1, and we thought it was going to be nice and quiet. We thought, oh, okay, maybe in January, Vassa will be announced at Ferrari. But other things happen. Lots of other things have happened, and we've had a bit of a team principal silly season all in one day. Um, so Adam and I have popped onto a quick little pod to discuss the sort of the first team principal silly season that's I can really remember there's been a big old kerfuffle. Hi, Adam. What do you think? Hello. Of- yeah, it, it has been. It's been a large kerfuffle. And it's, yeah, it's not really, it's been a silly day and a bit. Or I guess like, what, two weeks if you count Binotto in this. But yeah, it's yeah, been a very, very silly day, really, for F1 team principals. So I'm looking forward to just trying to kind of talk my head around a lot of it with Freddie, because I'm not really sure what I think of all of it myself. So hopefully by the end of this podcast, at least I'll have some more idea of what's going on, even if you don't. But hopefully you will, will, you will do as well, the listener. Yeah, it does come to a point sometimes where you have, like, in driver moves, you can have a driver move where it's just like, well, they're just going, doing sideways moves, like Gasly from AlphaTauri to Alpine. It's just, oh, he's just putting in different, putting on different overalls or Alonso to Aston Martin. It's just kind of like everyone just shakes around and slots into different places. You could say there's a similar vibe to, to these positions, these moves as well, because... We're going to do a quick run through now of the sort of the Monday, the 12th to Tuesday, the 13th of December. Crazy moments, which which were on Monday afternoon, straight evening, Jost Capito was um, dismissed from his post as team principal CEO of Williams Um and then in late in the evening, early morning in Australia, Speed Cafe reported that Andreas Seidel was going to leave McLaren and join Sauber with as part of a new Audi appointment for Sauber as CEO for Alfa Romeo, but it will be Audi. Um, and then this morning, Vasser, Fred Vasser, the former head of Alfa Romeo Sauber, has been officially unveiled as Matteo Bonotto's replacement at Ferrari, which then opened the door then for Seidel to be officially announced at Sauber, which then has allowed for Andreas Stella to be promoted internally from a more kind of sort of junior sporting director role to team principal role at McLaren and Capito is just not there now. That is sort of it. We still have obviously a position to be filled at Williams, um, but for the most part, that's the sort of plug in and play Formula One team principal off going into 2023. Adam, reaction, go. Oh, just chaos. I mean, I <laughs> saw, I was surprised by the Jacopito move. And then obviously there was the Vassar announcement, which you kind of thought was coming because as we spoke about in our Binotto reaction, there wasn't really any other names out there, um, which ironically, there's another name out there now after all of this. But uh, yeah, so we, um, and and then I saw the Seidel thing and I just thought it was like a joke or someone, <laughs> I thought it was like a spoof report. And yeah, and that that's the one that's shook us me the most. Um, I think, you know, thinking about this the more, it does kind of, I can see the logic from both sides, but I just didn't expect to see that coming at all. And then, you know, no idea who Williams are going to look to to bring in and there's still Bonotto, where will he end up? Could he end up at Williams? I don't know. It's just all chaos and it's incredibly interesting, but just in- incredibly, wow. It's a very Twitter morning for F1. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, let's start with Williams because I think Jos Capito is the more kind of 
you could say surprise move because he's just out and there's not a replacement there. Mm-hmm. Oscar Pito and FX Amazon, who's his sort of in-house technical director, who he both came over from Volkswagen, where they were very successful, um, and were brought in by Dalton Capital, the owners. And there wasn't really any speak of them leaving. Obviously, I put forward Williams in our end of season review podcast as my disappointment of the year because they didn't really progress into 2022, which is where they were sort of aiming to progress into. And I think one of the big quotes that's been going around is that Capito is saying they're basically doing open heart surgery on the team to try and restructure it while they're competing. And it looks like the realistically the owners just haven't haven't got on board with the timeline and want either quicker results or don't like the direction of the infrastructure re-infrastructuring of the team um i don't really know where they go to get get someone obviously the, the more successful team principals that have come in recently have come externally in in mike crack at aston martin in andreas seidel from well at mclaren but now at audi going back to sort of endurance contacts um who who headed up porsche back in the day to huge success in work um so maybe for williams they just need to do that again but josca peter obviously came from volkswagen so he was supposed to be of that mold and is it, is it just patience was wearing thin do you think yeah i i, I think so i mean it is you know two two years where you know they made they were better in 20 um 21 and they kind of had more of a sense of how to get points and obviously russell got his um podium at spa um, but still had a good qualifying weekend there and you know they did make look like they made a step forward just in terms of their savviness in 2021 and then yeah it's it's 2022 has just been you know a fun, fundamentally uncompetitive car Albon doing very well in that and the TV not doing very well in that so um, yeah I think you know, as we send the review it has this is the kind of time where you'd hope to make a step forward as the biggest rules change in a generation and they didn't so yeah I think it's understandable that if you look at the amount of money that's spent on these teams um, year to year if you know you've put a lot of hope on 2022 and you don't deliver I can see patients wearing thin but you know is it was it a breaking point? I don't know. It feels like, you know, as, as we're discussing, there's not kind of an obvious name out there to come in. And, you know, it's, yes, it wasn't ideal um, how they kind of came out this season, but is, you know, the devil you know better than the devil you don't? That will be the question. And we'll see that when Williams do bring their, their team principal in. Yeah, that's that's a, a, a good saying, actually, to put, Put him, put him board this topic. It it sort of feels to me that sort of what we were saying about the Bonotto move that it just ends up leaving the team in a bit of limbo. It doesn't really allow progression based on where we are. It's a bit of a gamble, I think. Do you agree on that, or do you think it? Could yeah, have... definitely. I mean, it also depends where they they'll have a much better idea of where the team's heading for next season than we do. And you know, maybe it was that they didn't like that direction and thought they'd just try and salvage it well we could we don't know that but uh yeah it but again like it's one you know the new team principal will come in only be able to have very limited input on next year's car so then they'll be waiting again until 2024 where it's their first kind of 
um, season that they can really dig their claws into and have their um, fingerprints all over. So then you're waiting another two years, you're on another two year timeline. So yeah, I don't, I think really if they come out next season, oddly, if they come out next season and are competitive, then it may be that this wasn't the best move um, because that will be, you know, a lot of Josh Capito's input. But if they come out and they're not, then maybe it was, you know, the direction that he was taking them in wasn't as um, good as he thought. Yeah, and really the the sort of success of this move, like you say, won't really be played out for some time. Um, And frankly, a lot of the the sort of problems you could point to with Williams were in the the management, sort of the the mishandling, some of the finance stuff. They they did get a procedural warning, but it was but it was announced earlier because they were just late handing in all of their finance reports and and the words are that the the factory they're working in just isn't up to up to scratch for modern Formula One, and it's going to be a big old shift on to get that changed. And I I take I we just got to assume that the 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 big shots in charge on the board weren't happy with the way it was moving along. And I guess they're going to have to take a bit more of a hands-on approach in the future. Um, we'll obviously come back when we have a bit more news on who's going to replace Jos Capito. Um, just just quickly, like you kind of know a lot more motorsports outside F1 than I do. Do you have an idea of where he, Jos Capito might head afterwards? Do you think he'll try and stay in F1 or uh, go back to his background? I think he might have a bit of a retirement. I wouldn't be surprised if people try to... to get him on board in some advisory roles. But I think he was um, planning to retire before taking the Williams job anyway, to be honest. Um, mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sits back and retires. I know I I seem to remember he lived in a in an apartment with FX to Maison and they would just sort of share the apartment, sit back and have a glass of wine in the evenings and sort of discuss Formula One anyway. So it might be nice for him to sort of go back and chill if I'm honest, yeah. <laughs> and you might quite like that. It's a bit of an unceremonious way to leave, but I I don't think he's going to be um, too against it come March or well, come mid next year when he's you know got his feet up, um, and with a bit more probably I I would if you know if I were at many teams, you would want to get him on board on a consultancy basis because his experience is wonderful and his experience of success is is, is wonderful too. Um, another another. Team principal, it feels weird. I keep saying another, I keep trying to say driver. Um, another team principal <laughs> with with a lot of historical success, not necessarily in Formula One, but a lot of success is Fred Vasseur, who has now taken over from Mattia Bonotto officially at Ferrari. We've we've said our piece on this. Um, but Adam, do you have anything to say now basically on on Vasseur being announced and where you think it will head? Um, no, again, kind of uh yeah, linked with what we said in the Vanessa episode. So check that out um, if you got time after you finish this, because this gives a lot more context, especially to the Ferrari discussion. But yeah, the the obvious choice for Ferrari, I mean, you know, great step up for Fred Vasseur in terms of his career and then going up to leading, you know, what is the biggest brand in F1. I think, you know, for, for him, that would be, you know, a great, fantastic career move. Um, so, and, you know, but an unexpected one, I think, if you said at the start of the, season so yeah um you know happy for him and hope that he can make a competitive ferrari and you know iron out keep the strength that they had under binotto and hopefully that comes from the people that are still there that were in binotto's team um and you know kind of iron out some of the weaknesses in the race management i'm just not based off what we've seen i'm not confident that they'll be able to do that but i wish them all the best trying yeah I, he, he's someone who's who's gone in with 
pretty much straight away saying we need to go in and shake it up and see what's wrong and carry on with what's right, but make sure we stamp out what's wrong. And that's, you know, that's probably the right attitude to have. And I think getting someone from the outside probably is the best bet for Ferrari, who have been very good at recruiting internally, as as they did with Bonotto, who obviously saw the problems on the ground and knew how to change them. But I think sometimes I think there are, you know, there are pros and cons to internal and pros and cons to external. And I think um, we've had the internal with Bonotto. Now we've got the external with Vassar. We'll see how it goes. Um, it could it could work wonders. He starts in January and I think, I think, you know, a bit of no nonsense in a Ferrari, someone who's been selected by the current big old management management structure for the corporation of Ferrari is, is going to mean that he's got the, the board on side early on. And if they can build on last year in terms of performance, like you said, build on what was good, then the only way, really is up if it if it stays the same then it's a failure frankly and that's the case with, with pretty much all of these team principal moves <laughs> um, if, if they don't do anything then what's the point but i mean you could say that's a lot of team principal moves anyway the team is the team and but you know vassar did did do a lot to sort of shake up the business of sauber make it alfa romeo bring it forward and they you know they, they have actually been regular regular points contenders for a lot of his time there and you know it's easy to mark them down but they they had a very good season in 2022 so you know if we take his red his best year being his latest year then he's an upwards curve manager um that's a very um very numbers way of looking at it and definitely isn't you know where you should look at it all but you know, you get the impression that Alfa Romeo and Salva have been a very good structure and team underneath him. So let's hope that can transfer to Ferrari. Um, but coming in to replace him as Salva Motorsport CEO and with the big old Audi backing behind him is Andreas Seidel, the team principal of McLaren, who's not the team principal of McLaren. He's now the CEO of Salva, which means he's the team principal of Alfa Romeo. But, you know, it's all the messy but andrea seidel now works there hooray yeah yeah i was i was trying to find i was trying to maths out um how much of an increase that uh, alfa romeo had from last season to this season so if they had about a bit less than five fold increase in terms of points scored from last season and if rory have that they'll end up with 2500 points for next year so is that replicate possible that. even with the sprints is that possible <laughs> I don't think so, but you know it's there wow. for the taking. It's not there for the taking. Anyway, Andrea Seidel, yeah, it's as I say, it was the most unexpected move to me. Even though we said Jos Pito unexpected, this was off the charts. Really, he didn't. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing any kind of signs of grief or friction really at McLaren or um, any really indication that. He wasn't happy there, and the t the team did say in their announcement that he had worked with them and been transparent through the whole process. So maybe that isn't you know indication that it was there. Maybe it's just team talk, but you know you don't have to put that in if you don't want to. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I think you know it's a it's a great challenge for Andreas Seidel. You know he's really a team that has been uncompetitive and you know not 
really had that many standout moments at all, even compared to Haas or Williams over the last few seasons. So, yes, they've got the Audi investment in. They want to build their own powertrains as well. So there's a lot going on there. And, you know, it's a chance to really be his team and write himself into the F1 history books if it does well. But if it doesn't, then, you know, it will be another big manufacturer that's come in and kind of consigned to the scrap heap after a bit so that you know it's very high stakes for Seidel I think I'd back him to do a good job there based off what he did at McLaren and really overhauling a lot of the um, systems and culture there that was left over from the Alonso era hmm. but you know it is it is a big challenge it's not you know it won't be one that he's taken lightly and he is stepping away from a team at McLaren that did seem to be after a backward step this year did feel like with Piastri and Norris that they could be on an upward trajectory and he has walked away from that so it's a big risk but big rewards if it goes well yeah it is a risk for him competitively but it's you know it there's a lot of faith being placed in him there's a lot of faith placed in him by McLaren and you know he he's he has done a good job at lifting that team so I think that the hope is that he can do the same in the, in a big long term move with Salva Audi, and I mean Audi will want to be bringing in more of their own people. Obviously, Alan McNish is a big old name with Audi, heading heading up their Formula E team and heading up uh, a lot of their uh, endurance uh, structure as well. So there'll be probably be a few more names being linked to that project. But if they can get a good figurehead early on with Andreas Seidel, and that's you know that's that's a very good move. And a lot of what happens with manufacturers coming in where they fail is where they just try and throw too many people into the pot. And obviously with Renault, you could look at that in sort of 2016 when they had Fred Vasseur and Cyril Abitbo and and they were fine and with not that. Um, hence why Fred left pretty pretty early in that in that position. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I agree. I think Seidel's a coup for them. And McLaren have swiftly responded by promoting Andrea Stella, who was brought in in sort of 2017. He was a Zach Brown appointment. Um, and he's, you know, he's done good work with lots of drivers. He's worked with Raikkonen and Schumacher Alonso. And they all rate him very highly. Um, I'm pretty sure he was all, I, I want to say this, but it's the top of my head, so it might be wrong. I want to say he was all of their race engineers at Ferrari. And um, I think there was a point, I think it was the Valencia 2012 race where um, Alonso won Raikkonen was second and Schumacher was third and he was on the podium having been all of their race engineer at a point and it was just a really cool moment um, and you know he's got experience he's got a lot of respect and he's worked as, you know he's been a very respected guy in the McLaren you know I, I'm alright with him having, I'm alright with him having this job yeah, so do I. I mean, it's important to remember that Zach Brown will still be there as well and I was going to say on Seidel you know, he's someone that you know, Seidel was able to get on with what he did. And there was kind of the, you know, I feel like Zach Brown was the public figurehead of the team. He was the, you know, his kind of American bluster. And he kind of took on all of that and just let Seidel get on with what he did. So, you know, Seidel obviously with Yetzi, who who else Audi kind of a point, but whether, you know, kind of not having that um, foil or shield will um, impact how it works with Yetzi. But in terms of McLaren, yeah, I mean, Andrea Stella, like you say, he's got he's got good pedigree. They still got Brown there, but it's you know it is again like they'll they'll have had Sardo's input on next year's car. So there is a kind of period for Stella, you know, to to get just embedded with the team while just fin- finalizing this year twenty twenty three's car before you know obviously going out all out for the next one. But yeah, I mean it's a in terms of the track record, it's a good appointment. But with someone stepping up into you know the top 
job, then there's always that um, kind of question mark. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Andrea Stella is, you know, it's a good appointment. I think it's just more of the same for McLaren. I think he will do well. I think he's the right person with the right culture, with the right attitude to to keep on the trend that McLaren have got going. Because I don't think you need to change too much internally there. It's obviously Ferrari and where they need where they need the the big boost. And then Sauber, Audi, where they want to have someone good in place. So McLaren, I think, do more of the same. And if Stella can do that, good for him. Um, to, to sort of wrap this up then, Adam, who do you think's got the best, got in, in the best position now after these moves? Who do you think, which team do you think has played the best chess today? I mean, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a per- person and team, I think. Obviously, Vassa going from Alfa Romeo to Ferrari is the best, you know, promotion. Um, it, it's got to be Audi. It's, you know, they, they have someone who is, you know, vastly experienced already, even though he's only been in F1 for a short time, has management experience outside of F1 and in F1, which is the one thing that Stella doesn't have, really. So, yeah, I think it has to be, and, you know, I'm not kind of that confident, as we said before, um, that the server will be an improvement on Binato, so it has to be Audi. I completely agree with that. I think it's a good move for both parties. Like you said about um, McLaren has Zach Brown there, whereas this is Sile, the CEO of a Salva Motorsport Group, so he's been given the sort of essentially a promotion step, whereas a lot of other people have sideways stepped, realistically. And I think that's a great move for both sides. I completely agree with everything you've just said. Um, of course, that's basically the end of this this little team principal bonanza episode. If anything else happens in the off season, we will obviously be swift to respond. Um, we hopefully will be able to have Nigel. He's currently in transit to the Formula E testing in Valencia. Fingers crossed he gets there because, um, as I'm sure you can imagine, if you're aware of the UK weather at the moment, it's a bit of a bit of a sketchy time to get there, as well as strikes galore. So if he can get there and have a good time, good luck, enjoy Valencia, Nigel. Go and high five some Formula E drivers and. Go go and follow him on Twitter as well because yeah, go follow him on Twitter because he will be tweeting about being at the Formula E in some capacity. So Nigel C. Jerno on Twitter. It's very cool. Nigel C. Jerno on Twitter. Adam, do you want to plug your Twitter so that people can hear you tweet? Yes. I think I tweeted more in the last since the England game than like in the last about two months before that. Um but yeah, I will be trying to Trying to wind down my frustration at many other England fans and not tweet so much. But yeah, if if you do want to look at any of that or see my tweets going forward, which aren't so football heavy, then it is at Adam Dickinson 01. Yeah, go check him out. Um, usually the tweets are quite good, dry wit. Um, oh, thank you. Is it a compliment? It's, it, it's, it's, incidentally, <laughs> if there's one person I really, having done all of this, if there's one person I really do want to stay in their top job, it's Gareth Southgate. So. Yes, it's a very good point. I completely agree with that. Um, Unless they can sign Didier Deschamps. But anyway, uh, (laughs) if you want to follow me for no apparent reason, I don't really tweet anything that's interesting at the moment. I just sort of spout random stuff. Get Um, nice inside tidbits of life at Brands Hatch. Has anyone found the, um, I forget his name, Toby the Bear? Toby the Bear. No, no no one's claimed Toby the Bear. Toby the Bear is now at the top of the little office Christmas tree Um, because Toby is an angel. Um, oh. if you want to go and see what that is about, check my my Twitter or check the Brands Hatch Twitter. Um, I represent all of them. <laughs> um, Have you said your Twitter handle? I'm going to. 
and it's <laughs> at brands underscore hatch. No, at Fred Coates nineteen ninety nine because that was the year I was born. Um, but you can see collective tweets from the three of us at Winging It F one, and sometimes and we use that account. So if you want to see podcasts and podcasts happen, if you want to see when one of us has a, an idea that makes fun of the other one but doesn't want to put our name to it and wants to sort of do it with a bit of a bit of a disguise, they think, oh, which which one posted that? Then you get weird tweets like that. So go and enjoy that. And you know, if if we don't see you before Christmas, but we probably will, um, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. If yeah. you celebrate, have a happy holiday season, everyone, and be excellent to each other and all of that kind of stuff. Bye, Adam. Bye, everyone. Bye, Freddie.